I've got the t-shirt and hat But my favorite place to be is here and now Nowhere else in this world and now You and me ain't it good to be alive Ain't no better place, ain't no better time than here and now Everybody's waiting but they're waiting on what Better get to Hello, Guns Nation. You're listening to the PCAST. I am Casey Gregor. He is outside. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin P podcast, a podcast that is here and now, as Kenny Chesney would say. Alex, how are you now? Good, and you? Oh, not so bad. <laughs> Did you like that? Was that funny? It was. Yeah, that was good. He has a song called Here and Now. Here I understand. Here and now. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. exactly. Just like Kenny would say. Um, Alex, yeah. March Madness is happening. It's March and it's madness. It's so much madness. Uh, it, it is actually madness. This is... I don't want to say it's like the craziest march ever. You could it's argue. Definitely, you could definitely argue it. I'd say it's top five. In terms of craze. Craziness, the, the upsets. Craziness I mean, look at your final four. No Who blue bloods. Final four? Give, me, give me the final four. Oh, what is it? You could consider UConn a blue blood, and I probably would. Yeah, so you got UConn, FAU, SDSU, and who's the last one? Who am I missing? Come on. Uh, Come on, who's UConn playing? Miami? There you go. There you go. Yeah. Couldn't remember. But yeah, it's a it's a good final. I think it's really been the same on both sides. I know like the women's bracket hasn't been as crazy, but like you don't have Stanford in there, you don't have Indiana in there. It's just been a good month for basketball. We had one person in our office get a final four team right. Yeah, and that is out of like twenty of us, I think. Yukon was the only one. Yeah, one person picked Yukon. Quite impressive. It it really is. Who uh, give me your uh, final four picks? UConn versus Miami. Give me UConn. And then Florida Atlantic versus San Diego State. Give me FAU. You're I mean, giving me Ken Palm and stuff. Really likes FAU. Like a top twenty-five yeah. team. Yeah. Now they're good. I think. Uh, I think FAU. All right. FAU UConn. Who wins? UConn. I think FAU is a great story. They're what a nine seed. Yep. But uh, UConn. I'll take San Diego State and probably UConn and probably UConn's a safe pick to win that bad boy. That's fair. Uh, you know what else is madness on here at the last day of March? What's that? It's baseball season. Happy baseball season. Happy baseball season. Happy opening day. Happy baseball season, as they say. Uh, that's what everyone says. Uh, we're sitting here about to record this. I'm, I'm, I've got the Yankees and the, uh, and the Giants fired up. Regardless, Aaron Judge was going to be playing in this game, mm-hmm. whether it was Aaron Judge or Arson Judge for the Giants. And yeah. Arson hit a homer, and the Yankees tweeted, Somebody called the New York Fire Department, which was just electric. Go, Arson. Uh, I'm going to call him Arson Judge forever. Fair. And I think that's just how it has to be. It's a top five all-time tweet, especially because it was wrong. Oh, yeah. Super wrong. Yeah. Um, how's your baseball watching going? You haven't watched any, I imagine? I have not watched a, even a little bit of baseball. Are you still on the Mariners, or are you going Red Sox this year? Because I know those are kind of your two options usually. Um, you know, I think... I'm going to go Mariners. Okay, I'll That's try to the keep correct up choice. They're going to be better. Okay. That's They're going to be a lot better. Than See, the I didn't Sox. know that. No, the Mariners are good. All right. Mariners made the playoffs for the first time in ever last year. I should have brought my Mariners hat in. And uh, I could see, I mean, the Mariners have the Reds third baseman and the Reds best pitcher. Oh, so we got too much Reds, so we're actually going to suck. No, no, no. They got the good players from the Reds. Gotcha. They're too good to play for the Reds. Gotcha. So they were going to cost money, mm-hmm. uh, and they traded them. I just read you the stat before we got in here. The Reds opening day lineup is getting. It, the Reds' opening day lineup salary this year is twelve point four million dollars. That's because Joey Votto's hurt, not in it. 
he would double that. Mm-hmm. But the Reds are paying their opening day starters twelve point four million. They're paying Mike Mustakis eight million or eighteen million to play for the Rockies. Don't we just love dead money? It's awesome. It's the best. Uh, you guys I would just... also rather have. I would also rather give Mike Mustakis eighteen million to not be on the team than mm-hmm. have him have eighteen million and be on the team. Yeah. Because watching him get hurt and then strike out and then get hurt and then strike out and struggle to play every position we put him at was was not fun for anybody. He was good for like that one COVID year when mm-hmm. we were all good, but he wasn't worth. It's not worth it at all. Well, Biggest free agent signing in team history, money wise, and he was a joke. Like the rest of your franchise. Correct. To tell me, as Colby said on Twitter, I could get 300 at bats for the Reds. Oh yeah, this is true. I uh, none of this where me and Colby would do like World Series picks and MVP picks and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think we're gonna do that. I don't think I could tell you anybody. Uh, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you these free picks. I'll give you okay. S- National League Cy Young, Sandy Alcantara does it again. Okay. And National League MVP, my guy Trey Turner in Philly. Watch out. Okay. Phillies win the World Series. That's all I got. All for right. You. Give me next week. Let me do. A, let me watch a little bit of okay. baseball. We'll, get, we'll do. We'll do post opening week baseball projections okay. next week on the PCAST. Gotcha. Uh, I'll be ready. I'll hit the books. Phillies get some more pitching and win the World Series. I'll give you that one right now. Okay. Uh, to Austin P Sports, shall we? We shall. We shall. To women's <laughs> basketball first, Alex. What what happened at the end of the old women's basketball season? So it was a uh, it's a good women's basketball season. I'd say I'd say it's uh, one of the better ones that they've had since. Honestly, the, uh, the 2010 uh, OVC championship. So the women finished fourth in the A-Sun during the regular season, advancing to the A-Sun tournament. In that first round of the A-Sun tournament, they defeated Eastern Kentucky in the quarterfinals, 73-55. to Shamari Hale, Anala Nelson, and Mariah Snoop Adams just had a day. Uh, Shamari Hale had 23 points and 13 rebounds. It was her fifth double-double of the season. It was quite a day quite a day. Anala Nelson had a career-high 18 points. Mariah Adams had 13 points and 8 assists. And did you mention that Shamari did that in like 5 minutes? Yeah, because it was like... I mean, It was like 18 minutes. Yeah, it was less than 20 minutes. And see, that's how she does it all season long. Like, she comes off the bench. She's the best player off the bench in the A-Sun. We'll talk about that in a second, too. Um, but she's putting up these double-doubles and these 20 points, 10, 12 rebound outings in like 15 to 20 minutes. That's the most impressive part for me. It really is. And she's, she's efficient. She, uh, so she en- or Shamari ended the season having at l- hitting at least 50% of her shots from the field in 22 straight games. Is that good? It's pretty freaking pretty good. good. Pretty good, yeah. And it was like, I think it was like eight or nine of those, she had like at least 75% from the field. She, she's so good. Um, anyways, after that quarterfinals game, the Govs advanced to the semifinals where they faced the A-Sun regular season champions and number 23-ranked Florida Gulf Coast. They dropped that one 51-34. to 34. It was, um, you know, we couldn't really, couldn't really score the ball. Um, had a couple of cold stretches in that game. Our defense did play very well, I would say. Uh, I would say it played really well. I mean, 51 points to a team that was top 15 in the nation in scoring at that time and the nation's best three-point offense. We'll take it. Definitely want to come away with the win, though. But it was Gulf Coast's lowest scoring game in a couple of years. So uh, we held them to five triples. They came in averaging more than five. More than five. I'd say over double that. Um, and that's a Florida Gulf Coast team that they won the ace on regular season and tournament championship, went to the NCAA tournament as a number 12 seed, upset number five Washington State, and then played really well against number four Villanova. I thought uh, you told me they were going to the final four in your women's bracket. 
you were very adamant about that. It was it was elite eight. It was like I see what I thought was going to happen is so they go. They I, I knew they were going to beat Washington State. Um, this selection committee or whatever it is that puts them at number twelve every year is insane. Like they won last year, and it was the same thing how they lost in the second round, but. Now, I thought that they had a chance of beating Villanova, and if they would have won that game, they would have faced, I believe it's Miami, um, and I think they would have beaten them too. But okay. they didn't. I was wrong. Still, great year for Gulf Coast. I'll give it to them. That's a really good team overall. Um, so, yeah, on to postseason awards for the women's basketball team. Uh, Shamari Hale, she was second team all Sun in the unanimous sixth player of the year. Unanimous, I, it was the easiest decision I think anybody could have made. Uh, she led all eligible athletes in points, rebounds per game, offensive rebounds per game, defensive rebounds per game, and, of course, field goal percentage. Her 69.1 field goal percentage this year was a program record, which beat Deshara Booker's record of 65.5% last season. Um, in addition to Shamari, uh, Mariah Adams is a third-team All-A Sun selection. She, was, she led the team and finished fourth in the A-Sun with 104 assists. Uh, Anala Nelson was a A-Sun all-freshman team selection, first Gov to be named to one of those teams since 2003. And lastly, uh, Shamari Hale was an A-Sun all-tournament selection, first time the Govs have had that since 2012. So, Once again, is that good? It is quite good. Quite good. Great season. Overall, um, just missed out on the WNIT. Um, that close. We were really close. Um, just honestly, second year head coach. I mean, Brittany's been, you know, breaking records ever since she got here. So hats off to her, her team, and uh, her coaching staff. To the other basketball team. To the men's basketball team. There's been some big news. Very big news. You may have heard. Mm -hmm. It's possible that you've heard that uh, Corey Gibson's back. He's back. He's back. Big back. Corey Gibson was named the 14th head men's basketball coaching program history. He was a point guard here in 2002 to 2004. That was back-to-back -back championship seasons. Won the regular season and the tournament in his first year after coming from Three Rivers Community College. Uh, the next year they went and won the regular season and then went and beat a George Mason team. Or they went and beat Belmont in the NIT, lost to a George Mason team. That was like two years after they went to the went to the Final Four, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you that don't know, Corey Gibson spent one season as the head coach at Northwestern State. The team was 9-23 and 23 the year before he got there. Yeah. 9-23. and 23. Nine wins. 23 losses. Mm -hmm. uh, in his first year as a head coach, his first year there, they went 22-11. and 11. That's the biggest turnaround in a single season in Northwestern State history. He was first coach to win 20 games in his first season there. He was a, a finalist for a lot of awards, mm -hmm. and uh, he's an Austin alumni. He an Austin graduate twice, was an assistant here under Dave Luce for two years, right before I got here. His last year as an assistant was yep. the last year before I got here. Uh, so we just missed out on those years together. Uh, but he's back, and he brought the whole staff with him. Yeah, and one thing talking about Coach Gibson, he's so fired up to be here. Oh, too. he bleeds red, baby. He bleeds red. If, if you guys listening have not heard his introduction, I don't want to call it a press conference. His just introduction in yeah, general. Yeah, get over to YouTube and watch that video. It will fire you up. I've gone through. Don't watch it near brick walls. No, you will want to run through every single one of them. Um, but no, like you said, uh, Coach Gibson also brought his staff with him. Uh, Rodney Hamilton will be his associate head coach. Tim Ward is going to be the assistant coach and recruiting coordinator. Jimmy Lincoln who was a special assistant to the head coach, has been elevated to assistant coach. And I think seeing guys want to work for him is another good thing. Exactly. And these, these guys want to be with him. They want to work with him. They, they want to be a part of what he's doing, which is a, a big plus for me. Yeah, and I've talked to all three of these coaches, and they're just 
they talk about him as a head coach, talk about him as a person, and they talk about him, just how, how big he was at Northwestern State in the community. And we know he's going to be big in the community here. He loves Clarksville. He is Clarksville. Um, so it's, I think it's going to be a great time. And it's a really good coaching staff. Coach Hamilton was at Memphis for a couple of years as a director of basketball operations. He's also been on other teams like Tennessee State, Southeast Missouri. Um, coach Ward has been a coach at uh, a lot of D2 and NAIA schools that had, have had a lot of success. And Coach Lincoln is, I mean, he was a high school coach for. He's the oldest of the bunch. He's the, he is. He's the veteran. He has 25 years of coaching experience. He was a head coach at the high school level for a lot of those years. Um, 450 total wins as a high school coach. Um, His son Joe was a volunteer assistant on the baseball team here. Yeah, he was. So, it's a, it's, you you don't see a lot of people leave after one year. It's got to be like the right situation or like a special situation, and this was definitely one of those for us because when the alma mater comes calling, how do you? Yeah. How you say that? We're glad to have Coach Gibson back. I think the Govs are going to be really good at basketball really quickly. Absolutely. FNM Bank Arena going to be uh, rocking. Definitely. To the baseball field once again. Uh, Roland Fanning and the boys are 10-15 and 15 this season. They're 3-3 three and three in a sun play. Uh, they've played a lot of ball, 21 games since we last talked, and there was a tough little stretch in there. They had a seven-game losing streak to some really good teams. Dallas Baptist, that's a top 25 team. That's a regional team. They probably host a regional again this year. Number seven, Vanderbilt, they'll host a regional. Number 12, Oklahoma State, they'll host a regional. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's not what you want, but after that, they bounced back and won four of their final six non-conference games after playing, I mean, basically the AP top 25 poll. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's. it was just an in, insane stretch. Uh, they opened a sun play with a series victory against North Florida. At the hand, they lost the first game of the series, won the next two, 9-7 and 4-2. Went to Murray State, beat the Racers. Uh, then they went to Liberty, which is where all the fun started. Uh, that's the preseason A-Sun favorite. Liberty Liberty has been in a regional the past insert number of years. Right. Uh, there were the two in Knoxville last year, I believe, which is a good well, – I mean, tough place to play, but that's that was a good spot to be. And Roland went Twitter famous. He did go quite Twitter famous. Uh, if you haven't seen, which I imagine you have, Peyton Jula lost control of a 75-mile-an-hour changeup. That was never – Nathan Kettering hit a home run, yelled something into the Govs dugout. It happens. That's fine. College baseball, that's what, that's what you do. Uh, changeup slips out of Jula's hand. Instead of when, – when you eject a pitcher for throwing at a batter, you're supposed – it's a judgment call. It's right. not a let's sit here and talk about it. It's, oh, no, you're gone. See you right away. The umpire's – had a little meeting. They talked about it. They, they took a drink of Gatorade. And then they ejected Peyton, which is just dumb. Yeah, it was just a really weird situation. If you're going to do it, do it correctly. Throw him out immediately. So, pit starting pitcher, pitcher gets ejected for throwing out a hitter. Manager automatically ejected as well. Rolling out of there as all of this is unfolding. Trevor Conley, the catcher, may have said some things. Also see it. So, three govs out of there. What's Roland do on his way out? He stops to talk to the umpire with the backpack on. Just slugging a liter diet of Dew. diet Mountain Dew, I, and that's that's where he went. Twitter famous, right? That there. just it blew up. Like it was the biggest thing in college baseball that day. I think it was like really over the weekend, honestly. And then as, as the Govs are down like six runs when this happens, mm-hmm. bounce back to win like eighteen to sixteen, eighteen fifteen, and like a crazy score. game. As they're walking off the field after it's game two, so you don't shake hands with the other team until the end of the series. So the Govs go out there doing their own little handshake line as you do after a win. <laughs> And the Liberty cameras find Conley and Jula out down the right field line by the bus, just going, going crazy. Yeah. And the boys are screaming at them, and they're screaming back. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of cool. 
cool, it, it cool was very to cool. see. It was pretty fun. Yeah, shout out to that camera crew for getting that. Yeah, yeah. what a that great awesome. video. Shout out to them. Uh, Govs came back home on Tuesday, dropped a 12-6 game to Murray State. Tough one, but back at it on, f- not Friday, Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Going to play a doubleheader against Bellarmine on Saturday to avoid the Friday weather. That's going to start at 1, and then a Sunday finale at 2 o'clock right here, right here at the hand. There you go. Alex, right across the street from the hand. Kathy Mater Park. Kathy Mater Park softball team. They've been doing their thing. They, are, they have. They are 16-11, and 4-2 uh, and two in A-Sun play. Uh, they've also played a lot of ball since the last time we talked, 18 games. Um, it's a really good non-conference schedule for them. So they won three or four at Western Kentucky Spring Fling. Uh, and then following that, in a midweek, Jordan Benefield pitched her first career no-hitter against the Friars of Providence. I think we need to keep saying first career because I, I'm going to put money on it that's not the last. It will not be the last. It's, unlike baseball, the no-hitters in softball happen a little more frequently because you just get that one dominant arm and they are just tough to hit. And see, it kind of surprised me that Jordan Benefield had not thrown a no-hitter before that. Uh, it's, like, it's not easy. I mean, I it's know it's not, not easy, easy, but, like, I just feel like, I mean, you know, she had such a good, her first two years here were so good and so dominant that I just, it felt like she had thrown one before. Because she she's not. had some crazy, like, you know, 10, 11, 12 strikeout performances. Yeah. But, um, Reigning ace on pitcher of the week. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to that in a second, too. But, um, so after that game against Providence, Govs also take three of four at the Governor's Classic March 10 through 12. Um, then the Govs also combined for another shutout in a midweek. This one was a 2-0 victory against Green Bay, March 13th. Um, after that, we played Tennessee at the Mid-State Classic in Columbia, Tennessee. That is played number hard. What's that? Played them hard. We did. Uh, that is number four, Tennessee. That's a team that run-ruled us in the uh, – run-ruled us last season. But this year, we played them really well. They had a lot of fans there, too. I mean, I'd say it was probably 80% their fans. Um, but we kind of razzled their starting pitcher for a bit, forced them to bring in their ace. Uh, Govs ultimately fall 6-1, but we're in that one until the absolute very end. Tennessee has a really good – I believe it was their sixth inning when they scored like three or four. Um, but anyway, 6-1. Anyways, um, after that, the Govs opened a sun play, winning two of three at home against Kennesaw State. And after that, we also picked up two against Queens last week. In that uh, series against the Royals, Jordan Benefield pitched the first two games. She threw. She started the weekend with a career-high 13 strikeouts, and then the next game she had 11, combining for 24 strikeouts, and that is what earned her a Sun Softball Pitcher of the Week. That's good. Quite good. Quite good. And then after that, we had a midweek against Murray the other day. We beat them 6-4. Love to see it. Us and Murray State, you know, it's always been a back-and-forth battle when it comes to softball. So. Always fun to beat the Razors. It is. Stupid horses. Shoes down, monocles up. Let's go pee. All right. <laughs> uh, to the beach courts. Uh, it was a slow start. Three and five after the first tournament and that first weekend at North Alabama. Well, <laughs> <laughs> three and five, you say. How would you like eight straight wins? I'll take it. Uh, Guzz won a perfect 4-0 at the Governor's Beach Challenge with wins against Central Arkansas. Uh, slept, swept Lindenwood 5 to nothing twice and then beat our always a beach volleyball rival, uh, UT Martin, 3-2. Mm-hmm. to two. So that made them 7-5. Uh, well, then they went on the road again. EKU Beach Tournament, beat Liberty, beat Tusculum, who's a really good Division II team, or NI, whatever they are. Uh, they've got – they've played like five top ten teams. Mm-hmm. They swept Moorhead State right before they played the Govs. So that's a not an easy win. Uh, beat Eastern Kentucky, then beat Liberty again. That's an EKU team that beat you twice in the opening weekend, and mm-hmm. you came back and got them 
at their own place. Love so that team, uh, they're on fire right now. They're going to head down to Birmingham this weekend. But as everybody expected, Kelsey Mead, Marlena Bullington uh, leading the charge from the number one spot. They lead the team in wins. Chloe McDaniel and Michaela Powell right there behind them. Uh, Jamie Seward in the number three spot. She's played with Elizabeth Wheat. She's played with Aaron Eisenhart. She's got a close – if she doesn't have ten wins yet, she's very close to double digits uh, between those two partners. So – and they're starting to kind of figure out the, the – the one and twos are set. Like, you know right. it's You've Bullington and Meade, and you know it's Powell and McDaniel. Uh, you can really switch those two in and out. Either one can play one. Either one can play two. They switched them against Martin just because I think it was – Bullington and Meade had played the Martin one so many times in the past mm-hmm. year. Like, give them something different to look at, you know? Right. Uh, so that's what they did. Um but once you once you figure out that three four five, and I think we kind of got it dialed in. We've been mm-hmm. shuffling around a little bit, but right now I think we got it uh, right right about where we need it. Going to keep on that winning streak. Yeah. What's the program record? Eleven. Uh, I honestly, it might be eight. I thought it was more during the championship season, mm-hmm. but they like lost their last two regular season matches before they won the tournament. So gotcha. I don't know. Uh, it could be eight. Okay. It could not be eight. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll find out one day. Uh, to the tennis courts, Alex. <laughs> yes, sir. Women's tennis. How about it? Pretty good. Uh, it's been a really good season for the Govs. Uh, new conference, a lot of new faces, but you know, you know how good this team's been historically, and uh, it's really been no different. <clears throat> right now, the team is twelve and four overall, three and one in a Sun Conference play. After the last time we did this podcast, the Govs went on a seven-match winning streak. That's good. That stretched into a Sun play, where the Govs opened conference action with a six-one victory against fellow newcomer Queens. After that, they had the losing or the winning streak come to an end following a 5-2 to two loss against North Florida, who is now a top 75 team in the country. That's good. That is. Um, and then after that, we answer those two. or We answer that North Florida loss with back-to-back 7-0 victories against Lipscomb and Eastern Kentucky. Um, you know, talk about a lot of the new faces on this team. You got Melody Hefty playing number one doubles, number three singles. And Sophia Baranoff, who is playing, I believe, number two doubles, but it's really in singles that she's broken records already. She is currently on a 14-match winning streak from the number four position. That is the longest winning streak by freshman in program history. Uh, that's a streak that is held since 2019 when Danielle Morris won 11 matches during her freshman season. I feel and like Yana got close to it, too. Yana did get very close. I think she might have had – she might have maybe even tied Danielle's record. Maybe, maybe it was 10. But overall, Sophia has been playing very well. Asia Fontana has been playing at the 5-6 position. And uh, it's really good women's tennis program. We've got a couple of good matches coming up against Stetson and Florida Gulf Coast. So, we'll see. To uh, the big men's tennis news. To the very big men's tennis. So, uh, the men, last week, played a five-hour and 22-minute match. That's long. Very long. Longest match I've ever seen, ever. And uh, they beat Lipscomb, the team that's kind of been a thorn in our side in non-conference action for the past. Really long since time. Like 2013, yeah, like 2014. Decade. And... Uh, so the Govs, it was, a, it was a really good match. Like, we were in control. Like, we were up 2-0 at one point. Uh, Lipscomb battles back, take, take a couple of, uh, you know, I think it's like three, four singles, even it out. Turns out they tie the match 3-3. Tiago is the only person left on the courts at the number six. He battles back from being down 4-1 to one in the third set, comes back, forces the tiebreaker, wins the tiebreaker 7-3. Govs beat Lipscomb for the first time since 2014, 4-3. So... That's big. It was very big. Is that an ASUN favorite? If I, not, they're close to it? I would put Lipscomb as about a three or a four in the ASUN. Yeah. Because, like, you have, like, Gulf Coast and 
another team that are like ranked every so often, but it's Lipscomb who's like always fighting for like just about a top 75 placement. So now it's a very big win for the men. Um, and hopefully that gives them a little bit of momentum as we head down to the last couple weeks of the regular season. Track and field, uh, they wrapped up the indoor season. They won five total events at the ASUN Indoor Track and Field Championship. Kenesha Phillips won the 200 and 400 meter dash. Her 400 meter was an ASUN indoor record. And uh, surprise, surprise, it was another Austin P record. She also ran the 4x40. Is it 4x40? 4x400? 400. 4x400. Uh, with Kyra Wilder, Lauren Lewis, and Alexis Arnett. Uh, obviously, that group takes home the gold. If you're going to let Kenesha run your anchor at the 4x4, four, four yeah. four, you're Going, you're not going to lose. You're going to win. Uh, Armani, Armani Sheriff uh, was the A-Sun long jump champion, and Carlin Schutten won the pole vault. No surprise there. Sheriff was the A-Sun's out, most outstanding freshman after winning a total of five events during her indoor season, her debut indoor season. And uh, shout out to Carlin Schutten. She was named to the A-Sun all-academic team. Alex, team went outside after that. What happened there? So the Govs opened their outdoor season at the Margaret Simmons Invitational in Callaway County. Uh, we won three events, finished third overall. Uh, that 4x400 team, Kyra Wilder, Lauren Lewis, Kenesha Phillips, and actually it wasn't the same team. Yeah, sub in uh, Sydney Harriton. Yep, sub in her. Uh, they won the 4x400. Freshman Emma Tucker also won the discus with a toss of 37.15 meters. And to absolutely no surprise, Carlin Schutten did Carlin Schutten things, won the pole vault with a vault of 3.75 meters. Just pencil in Phillips and Schutten for wins. Exactly. Just, just pencil it in. Pencil mm-hmm. them in for NCAA regionals. We'll see them there. Yep. Uh, to the golf course, men's golf. Uh, 12th place at the Sea Palms Invitational. The thing that came out of that event for me was Daniel Love popped off. First time he led the Govs in his career. Career best tournament. Finished T18, two, a 210. A uh, really good weekend for him. Then the Govs went and beat a UT Martin team that is the back-to-back OVC champs. They beat them 284-290 in a stroke play match. Played six in the lineup, counted the top four scores for the Govs. That was Adam Van Raden with a 69, Reesbrit with a 70, uh, Logan Spurrier shot an even par 72, and then Jacob Falkscholler, who's been your best golfer for most of the season, but Reesbrit's on a little bit of a heater right now. Uh, Falkscholler shot 73. Those were the counting scores for the Govs, and that's a big, big six-shot win mm-hmm. against the UT Martin team that is good. I mean, we, you haven't played a lot of head-to-head in golf, but every time you're at the same tournament with them, they've – They've been at the top of the leaderboard, right. and they, like I said, back-to-back A-Sun champions. So that's a really big win against them, I would say. Uh, went on the uh, went back. They went back to a course they played earlier in the season. After that, any given Tuesday intercollegiate. Uh, that one's run by Golf Week. What a name! Yeah, no, like, I think it's the name of College Golf Podcast. And mm-hmm. uh, Gus finished the first round in 14th place. They finished the second round in 11th place. They finished the last round in sixth place. This team is good if they can figure out that first round. Mm-hmm. They are a really good second and third round team, I have found. Yeah. They are not good, a great first round team right now. And that's a problem. But it is, but when they play like they can in those late rounds, whew. Reese Britt, however, he was under par in all three rounds in Polly's Island. 71, 72, 70. That's a 213. He finished tied for ninth. His third top 10 of the season, Jacob Falls Scholar, slow start 77, 72, 70 to close it out with a 219. Uh, he finished 30th ish. Uh, those two are hot. Daniel Love is playing really well right now, which he had not played. He didn't play a lot in the fall. He came out in that, like I said, that first tournament of the spring. Really hit his stride. Uh, Adam Van Raden was out of the lineup last weekend, but once you get him back in, if you can get him playing like he did against Martin, he shot 69. You really like that. Logan Spurrier's hit the ball well recently as well. And Micah Nicely, who didn't play a lot in the fall as well, went to that Pauly's Island tournament and 
Micah was in second place on the team after two rounds. He, I think he went 72, 73 or something like that. They, they, they can They're be, playing they have well. been good. They yeah. have been good. They just need to put it all together for one tournament. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all. And they've got one left yeah. before it's uh, a Sun Conference, a Sun Conference championship time. So hopefully they can get it figured out. Like I said, the pieces are there, and you've seen them in flashes. Mm-hmm. Just need it. Got to piece them all together. Got to uh, piece it all together. Got to put it first round with the second round with the third round mm-hmm. to the women's golf team. Uh, they opened the spring with third place finish at the Huntsville.org Intercollegiate. The best thing about that tournament was it is where they're going to play the ASUN Championship at Hampton Cove. Now, that was another bad start. They Their first seven holes were not good. Okay. Flat out, just not good. After that, they just, I mean, if you take out that bad start for them, they might they might win the tournament. But uh, good competition there, finished third. Can't be upset with that comeback because get your bad shots at that course out of the way now. Let's not hit them at the ASUN tournament, you know? Mm-hmm. Next week, they go and win the Bobby Nichols Intercollegiate. That's Tennessee Tech's tournament in Sevierville. Really bad weather. It was cold. It was wet. It was rainy. And the Govs led the whole way. Never trailed after a round in that one. Uh, second to last tournament of the spring regular season. Bab Stevens Invitational. That's down in uh, Florida. Stetson's tournament. Govs finished fifth. It's weird to finish fifth and be like, eh. But they're mm-hmm. so good right now. It's kind of like, eh. It was a, you got it. It was a, I mean, nobody played bad. Nobody played great. Guys mm-hmm. finished fifth. Can't be that upset about it. Yeah. On to the, on to the next one. Mm-hmm. That's it. It is. That's it. Well, we'll be right back in a minute. We'll have Marlena Boynton of the Austin Bee Volleyball and Beach Volleyball teams joining us. Joining us on the PCAST, we've got Marlena Bullington of the Austin P Volleyball and Beach Volleyball team. She's the reigning OVC Beach Volleyball Player of the Year. Marlena, how are you doing this morning? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Uh, no class today, you said? No class today. It's your only day without class. My only day off. How, how do you feel about that? Did you sleep in? What did you do? I did sleep in. I slept in. I did laundry, um, made a good breakfast, cleaned my room up, cleaned the house, did the chores. What did you have for breakfast? I had an egg and cheese, like, little breakfast quesadilla. Yep, most important meal of the day. you got to get everything cleaned up, though, before where? You're leaving this weekend for Birmingham? Yep, we leave tonight. Leave tonight. What time do you guys leave? After practice between 5 and 6, I think. So no no volleyball performance at Jock and Roll this year? Nope. That's. I've never had it. I've you, never had a Jock and Roll experience. That's that's sad. There's <laughs> some, uh, the volleyball team used to cause all the drama at Jock and Roll when they didn't win. That's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about volleyball first. Uh, you came to Austin P as a beach-only player. Mm-hmm. And then you made the move back to playing indoor as well, mm-hmm. which is like the opposite of what everybody else here has done, right? Yes. How, how, how long had it been since you played indoor when you started to play? When did you start? 2021? Or is it the next year? My junior year. So, so 22. Yeah. What, what was that like? How long had it been since you played indoor? I hadn't really played indoor like true sixes since high school. So... A good two or three years. So you didn't play indoor all four years of high school, though, did you? I did. Yeah, you I did, did okay. indoor all four years of high school, but I didn't play club or anything at the time, so just high school. So at what point in high school did you make the decision or the switch 
or did you know that you were going to play beach in college? I switched when I was 15. I quit playing club indoor and primarily focused on sand year round. Um, and that's kind of when I decided, hey, this is when the recruitment process really starts. Like, I just need to pick one. And I went with beach because it was more fun and I enjoyed it. Was that the only reason it was more fun or was there was it just like did was there something in your mind that was like this is this is my this is my path? Beach was just more fun like I enjoyed the community a lot more. It was just a lot more relaxed, a lot more geared towards fun while also being competitive whereas indoor can kind of be a little bit touchier sometimes I feel like. So I enjoyed that atmosphere. How do you get into beach volleyball in Portland, Tennessee? Oh boy. Um in Portland we so I had always grew up going to Nashville for indoor club, um, and they had just recently opened up a indoor two-court facility beach court um, thing. So we would always start going there to practice, and they opened up a club there, and it was the same amount of distance to drive there as it was to go for indoor. And at that point, it was just the better option. I enjoyed the coaches. I had a lot of fun with the people that I chose to do it with. So we ended up getting into it there and then found all these different sand communities growing up in Nashville Beach at Centennial Park in Nashville. Just a lot more beach volleyball in Nashville than you would ever think. So you played beach volleyball when you were in high school with Chloe McDaniel, who's now a teammate again at Austin P. right? Yep, yep. When was the first time you played with her and what's it like to be teammates again, what, six, seven years later? So Chloe and I were actually rivals growing up. Oh. We, she went to a different high school than I did. We played middle school ball together. Um, then she ended up going to a different high school. We played against each other all through high school, played against each other in beach growing up. And then when she went to Missouri State, I had also committed to Missouri State before coming here. And at that point, we were both juniors. We we're like, we're going to the same college. Like, let's just start playing together. Um, and so that was my junior year, I guess, of high school. We started playing together her senior year. And we actually went and won the Volley America Junior National Championship in New Jersey together. And then she went to college. And somehow we've made a full circle and we're back on the same team now. Well, do you hope to get to play together like one last time here this year? It would be fun. It'd be, it'd it would be fun for old time's sake. Speaking of who you, your partner now, mm -hmm. uh, you started your career with Aisha Hood. Yes. Who I think was kind of calmer, kind of like you. Would you say uh, on the court, maybe not as much? More than Kelsey. Yeah. Kelsey's a little fireball, as they call her. You, you went from, I mean, you've got the most high energy person on the court. <laughs> You're playing with. When you guys score, she just freaks out. Mm-hmm. She is very much so the opposite of me. We bounce each other out pretty well because I'm more the calm, relaxed, like go with the flow kind of person. And she's the little spitfire that gets fired up over everything. So we really, she pulls that out of me. I'm able to calm her down if she's a little too fiery, maybe. <laughs> I feel like all the photos, like you're just going in for like a simple <laughs> high five and she is screaming at you. Double knee slide. <laughs> That is what she's starting to get known for is her double knee side. The, what's the, there was a photo of the last home one where she's like on her, on her knees, like mm -hmm. just screaming. You're just like standing above her like, mm -hmm. high five. I picked her up off the ground because <laughs> I didn't really know what to do. I felt awkward. <laughs> um, but she slowly brings that out of me, especially in like the intense games. She brings the fire out of me. We get super competitive in that sense. And it's we bounce each other out really well. What's your guys' connection like? Because ever since you got partnered together, you guys just keep winning. Kelsey, Kelsey and I are best friends off the court as well. So I think that relationship also translates onto the court because we want to see each other succeed. We want to boost each other up and see each other do the best we can. We have a lot of the same 
tendencies, a lot of the same interests off the court. So I think we're just very bonded and we know the other in and out. We've played together throughout the summers as well. So we've had that experience in the summer to really figure each other out on the court, who's going to get what, what our communication style is. And it's just really translated and grown throughout the years. So most people, when they come on here that are the vol- on the volleyball team, I ask them, you're an indoor player who started playing beach. How has that helped your indoor game? For you, I guess the, it's the opposite. You're a beach player. You came back and started playing indoor. Has that helped you in beach any? I would say, yeah. Um, indoor is a much faster game than beach. Um, so I really think that being able to come in and get the touches indoor with the high speed, it's really been able to just increase the, the amount of balls I can touch outdoor as well, just because I'm so used to that fast speed that when it's a little bit slower, I feel like I can maybe touch some more balls and reaction time is improved. What was the hardest part of getting back into indoor? Figuring out the speed. Just the Because speed. I'm so used to just the lull of beach and how it's just so like whatever pace you want to make it, whereas indoor it's push faster, push faster. And especially if I was at the net that was very tough concept for me to grasp but you can ask travis um there are many tough conversations of you're not getting up fast enough you're always late and i'm like okay i'm trying to figure it out i'm so sorry like (laughs) um but just the speed for sure it was hard to figure out all right some non-volleyball stuff now everyone told me you have a dog named taz i do what kind of dog is taz taz is a three-year-old black lab he just turned three in march is he, Taz here in Clarksville? He's not. He has spent some time with me here, but sadly, he is not here anymore. Where did we get the name Taz? Is it from the Tasmanian Devil and the Looney Tunes? So when we got him, he was eight weeks old, and we had a name picked out. It was going to be some Western name um, <laughs> because he's a field trial dog. So it's like he has his racehorse name in a sense okay. of that kind of cool name. Um, <laughs> but we did not pick out a name my dad and I could not agree on one for probably two or three weeks when we had him so he was just nameless for two or three weeks and because I came up with one my dad didn't like it my dad came up with one I didn't like it and that's the first one we both agreed on and I don't know it wasn't really after the Tasmanian devil but it's a short name that's easy to call out so so what else does he do you said he has a different name so he's a field child dog so he's actually down in Georgia training right now okay um he competes it's like kind of like a hunting dog but competition style in a sense um so he (laughs) he is a work dog he loves his job he loves going hunting he loves the birds he loves all of that so whenever he is home we go on a lot of hikes we go to the lake and swim and all the different things do you do a lot of hunting yeah my dad and i'll go duck hunting usually at least once a year um but we haven't had the chance to this past winter I told you before we started this to become a farming podcast. It's also become a hunting podcast. <laughs> we've had like our past five guests. We've had Payne Elkins, a couple other guys, and they all, all we've talked about is hunting. So, mm-hmm. um, and st- staying outdoors. Your friend said you're big in the nature. You like to go hiking. You mm-hmm. go camping, all that kind of stuff. Camping, not so much. Um, I do love to go hammock at the park, and I'll do homework in a hammock. Um, we always just try to go find different things to do. Some of my teammates and I went and biked at Liberty Park on our off day this past weekend. Um, I just love being out there, like going to rivers, going to lakes, hiking, doing all those things, going into the mountains, skiing. All the outdoor stuff is super fun for us. Uh, you used to ride horses as well, right? Mm-hmm. Did, what, what kind of horses? What kind? Did you do competition? Tell me about that. Um... No, we more so rode for fun. Um, I did get into 
learning the ropes of competition style a little bit when I was riding one specific horse, but I never had the time to fully get into it over COVID. Uh, so they said you grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. What kind of farm? You said you didn't have horses. You were riding other people's horses. Mm-hmm. Um, we have crops on our farm. So nothing interesting. Um, just a lot of land. So I always grew up four-wheeling on that, um, going down to the creek in the backyard and playing and taking the dogs out and running them on routes and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, your friends, and you don't get to show these skills off at Jock and Roll, said you're a big line dancer. <laughs> yeah um my parents grew up dancing so we always kind of grew up jigging or clogging whatever you want to call it because my grandpa would play the fiddle right my papa played the fiddle so we would always play and we would always dance and he actually taught me a little bit of the fiddle when I was growing up um and we do love to go line dancing my papa played the fiddle sounds like a bluegrass song yes he was (laughs) actually in the McCormick Brothers it was his um bluegrass band so what could you play on the fiddle right now if one were just here? Probably nothing. Nothing that at all. That was a long time ago. What what line dance? If we clear this table out of the way, what, which one are you throwing down? Um. Hmm. And would it win at Jock and Roll tonight? That's hard. We did, honestly, some of the ones that Travis even taught us were a lot of fun. I like the fast-paced ones. Um, yeah, Travis made me cut up all the music for that because he couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Sounds about right. A uh, couple quick things Coach Mott told me here. She said that, you grew up at a house that has a graveyard in the backyard, and there's nothing you can do about it because it's an old-timey graveyard. Mm-hmm. What, what's the deal with this? So it's a historical graveyard. We can't do anything with it. Um, most of the people buried are late 1800s, I think. Um, and we actually had a relative come to the house a couple years back and like just knock on our door, and we had no idea what they were talking about, <laughs> that their relative was buried in the graveyard. Um, I think there's like six or so graves back there. And they actually went back and cleaned them up and got them all nice and put together. But yeah, it's just in the middle of a crop field. Is it anything historical? Is it like a Civil War graveyard? I don't or think just, so. Just I have some no idea what it is. Used to live there. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, Coach Mott also said that you used to play club volleyball with her daughter Dylan, mm-hmm. and that you would carpool with her to practice. Yep. What is it like having known now your college coach? I mean, basically, it seems like your entire life. Yeah. Um, it's honestly a really cool experience just growing up like alongside her kids and like just having that connection. Um, she's seen me play for years now. Like it's just a cool experience to have a college coach that's that connected and invested in your life because you don't get to have that opportunity a lot. And that's just something that's really been cool to have. All right. So now to the uh, other big thing you do, you're a nursing major. Yes. How did you get into that? What made you want to do that? Honestly, I took a lot of nursing classes in high school and I really just enjoyed that concept. I've always enjoyed helping people like medical stuff has always intrigued me. Um, And honestly, I've never thought of doing anything else. There are a few student athletes that do nursing and play their sport. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can think of a couple. But what is it like balancing that with practice and games and travel and everything else you do? Honestly, like Gisela, Carly, both play soccer. We really try to help each other out, like Mm -hmm. send notes whenever we need to. If we have to miss class, luckily this semester I haven't had to miss a ton of class. Um, But it's it's not easy. It's just one of those time management skills that you kind of have to figure out of, I need to have this done by then. What can I do on the bus? What kind of things do I need to do before I get on the bus throughout the week? Mm -hmm. Um, Always trying to stay ahead when studying. Um, which I'm not very good at, but I've passed and I'm here. Um, but it's not easy. Have you got any like rotations yet? Do you have a favorite one you've done? 
So yeah, I'm in my last semester and my preceptorship I'm working on right now is on the neurosurgery ICU floor. Okay. And I've really enjoyed it there. I really enjoyed my psych semester. Um, so I like the interesting cases. I don't like boring cases. Right. Um, so I'm really interested in psych still. I've loved my time in the ER and I've also loved my time on the neuro ICU floor. What do you like? What do you think your plan is after you finish nursing? Which one is which one is your which one's your go-to? Honestly, I've looked into it a lot, and there are a lot of psychiatric ERs that are specific for that patient population that also still deals with the injuries and the interesting, also physical stuff, not just psychological. That I've really thought about doing and looked into applying for. All right, I've got one last question before we do our rapid-fire questions. Why Austin P? Austin P. My jump to Austin P from Missouri State was a little sporadic, but honestly, the coaches were super willing to help me do nursing, um, which was not an option at a lot of other places. And they were super supportive of that, that I wanted to do it, um, allowed me to do it, as well as just having a good connection, honestly. Like, you don't see that with a lot of coaches wanting to connect with you on personal levels as well as on the court. And that was something that really was nice and really kept me here throughout all four years. What was your first impression of Travis? I'm going to throw that one in there. So because we grew, or I guess I grew up in the same volleyball community as him, I didn't really know him before, but I had heard a lot about him <laughs> just being in that community. So to be honest with you, I didn't know what to expect. And it was one of those things that I was just kind of like observing at first. I wasn't really into jabbing back with jokes, whatever it may be, because I didn't really know how he was how he'd take it what was what I should do but then as I got to know him more it was like okay like you can handle this we're fine is he still as crazy as he was like when you first met him even though he's had a child now which is terrifying <laughs> um I definitely think it is still in him but I think that having a child has made him a little bit more tired so he doesn't try as hard to be that goofy <laughs> it's just because he's tired he doesn't have any energy to be, to be <laughs> yeah i remember one of the christmas gifts i got the coaches connor and travis i got a matching nerf nerf gun set and they went around the dun just having a blast and i haven't seen that nerf gun in a while so who knows what happened to it if coach mott probably confiscated it coach mott or Lindsay took it yeah um but haven't seen that side of Travis since this kid. <laughs> All right, you ready for the rapid fire questions? Sure. What's your favorite word or saying? <laughs> Lately, it's been that's crazy. That's just been something that's gone through our friend group. It started with some of our baseball friends, and we've really picked up on it where we hear something where we're just like, that's crazy. What's the last book you read? Mm, crucial Conversations. Okay. What's your worst habit? I pick my nails. Oh. Do you think you can walk a mile in less than 10 minutes? Yes. Like, for sure? Yep. I love it. Good answer. What's one rule in any sport you'd like to change or add? Talking. Talking through the net. Talking the game with the other team. You're not allowed to talk to the other team? No. Like, at all? I think it would be fun to have a little bit of competitive talk, you know? Yeah, like baseball dugouts can yell back and forth. Yeah. And there's like a point, like obviously. Yeah, we would definitely get carded for that, I think, if it was not appropriate. Who would talk the most on your, your, out of you or Kelsey and then just on the whole team? Out of me or Kelsey? Like, probably Kelsey. <laughs> who on the team is going to talk the most trash that's going to get carded? Jenna. Who am I think? Who am I missing? Oh, uh, freshman. Freshman Jen Jenna. Yeah, sorry. We or have, Abby. Or Abby. I, when I when I hear Jenna, I still just like Jenna panic still yep. pops out. Uh, what app on your phone gets the most use? 
Probably safari. I have to look up a lot of medical terms. I don't ever know them. Do you know a lot of Latin? Honestly, yeah. I took Latin in high school, and I feel like I don't. I say I don't know any, but I see a word, and I'm like, oh, I know that. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's did, how I feel, too. Did you take Latin, or what language did you take? I took Spanish. Okay. Do you think Latin would have helped? Probably. I feel like... Every, My high school didn't offer that. It was a little too small for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nice, but it's also kind of a waste, because I can't talk any other languages. Yeah. Uh, what's the last gift you gave somebody? Hmm. A Bible. I gave a friend a Bible. <clears throat> Who would you cast to play you in a movie about yourself? Kelsey. J- Kelsey? <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of people pick their <laughs> pick their best friend here or like their partner. It's uh yeah, it's a uh, it's a common answer. Mm-hmm. What's the most embarrassing song you love? Mm. Honestly. It's going to have to be like, I'll make a man out of you from Milan or something. I love that song. Yeah. It's so catchy. Yeah. Uh, if you could go to any concert, who would it be? Kenny Chesney. I love Kenny Chesney concerts. Have you been to one? Mm-hmm. Which one? I went, um, Kelsey and I actually went <laughs> last summer, um, and we're going to CMA Fest, so we'll see him there. Okay. I think Kenny Chesney's on my list, too. Uh, if you could visit one place in the world, where would it be? Hmm. Dubai. Why Dubai? It just sounds cool. Like, have you seen like all the glass city yeah. stuff? That looks awesome. And I would love to see that in person. That would be crazy. Uh, if you could have any three people over for dinner, who would they be? Like any three? Ever. Any three people ever. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know famous people very well. It doesn't have, they don't have to be famous. Oh. Be like Kelsey, my mom and my dad, like whoever oh, you want. Okay. Um, it's your dinner. <laughs> I would probably have Kelsey, for sure, um, my mom, and my sister. Okay. Um, what advice would you give to your younger self? You can do it. No matter what it is, like, you can go through a lot of things and you can still end up on top. Who or what inspires you? My mom. Last question comes from our last guest Chandler Curtin (laughs) he wants to know what are your top three places in Clarksville my top three places in Clarksville Liberty Park okay love Liberty Park Um, not the restaurant no the park um I go to the animal shelter a lot and I play with dogs um and three would probably hmm, three would have to be tropical smoothie what's your what's your go-to smoothie Acai berry boost, no blueberries, sub peanut butter, no pomegranate, sub oats. It seems like you order that a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really confusing. Uh, last last question, I guess. You get to ask a question to the next guest. Mm-hmm. What do you want to ask on next week's episode? I would have to ask them what they think about the Dye Mountain Dew trend with coach training. <laughs> well, what are, the, what, what are your thoughts on Diet Mountain Dew? I think it's hilarious that our logo has been replaced with the Diet Mountain Dew bottle on a lot of different graphics. <laughs> I think that's really funny. Did you see uh, Brennan smash the two together and dump them on himself at the baseball game? Oh, yeah. they Football showed up and showed out in that sense. They were full-spirited for sure because they stayed even after they were soaked in Mountain Why Dew. Why did you not spray yourself with Mountain Dew? Um, Because... I just came from the hospital in the ER all day. I was too, I don't want to be sticky like that too. Like I was tired, did not want to be sticky or cold. 
Mar, appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, glad to have you here. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. And we'll be right back with the PCAST after this. Another big thank you to Marlena Bullington for joining us here on the PCAST. Glad to have her in right before they head off to uh, Birmingham for some beach volleyball down at UAB. Let's extend that winning streak. Let's keep it going. To the NFL, we shall go for a moment. Alex, the quarterback news is is, is it, the hot stove's heating up. It's interesting. Aaron Rodgers is a jet. Is it official yet? No, probably not. Probably not. But he's going to be a jet. <clears throat> yeah. Lamar Jackson has requested a trade. And the Titans still have Ryan Tannehill. Who's Lamar Jackson going to play for? The Colts, not the, the Patriots. Patriots. Not the Patriots. Not the Patriots. Maybe the Colts. It's possible. It is. But I feel like the Colts are going to go after a quarterback. and I mean, you know they're going to go after a quarterback in the draft. So I don't think you go after a quarterback. Not if they get Lamar because then they're trading that pick. Yeah, I just – I think – I don't know. I feel like they would feel – like. Personally, I feel like getting I would behind feel, the Panthers makes it to where Lamar might be a better option. I'd still take one of these rookies, whether it's Stroud or It depends whatever. on if you can get Stroud. I would rather have Lamar than Levis or Richardson. That is true. If I can get Stroud or Bryce Young, I'm probably in on that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we all know the Colts have the freaking uh, cap space to get Lamar because somehow they always have $60 million Correct. to freak out. But have you seen the, the, the stuff from, like, Pro days that Will Levis is just bombing his interviews. No, I haven't. I heard uh, there's reports that he's like arrogant and entitled, and the GMs just don't like him. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be very good, anyways. Like, I, have you watched him play football ever? Yeah. All you have to do is turn on the Tennessee game. He is Zach Wilson. I think that is exactly he's like, tall Zach Wilson. Yeah, but I think he's going to be a guy that you know he has a couple of good passes. He has a really strong arm, a lot like Richardson. And, you know, both of them have kind of impressed in, like, pro days and stuff like that. But they're going to come in the league. They're going to have a bad rookie season. Everybody's going to be like, oh, well, don't forget, Peyton Manning had a bad rookie and year. they're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Who's going to be the Colts quarterback next year? Right now, give me your answer. <sighs> Say Bryce. I am hoping, begging, praying that it is C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I just – either way. Uh, I'd rather it be C.J. Stroud. But if it's Bryce Young, I won't be that upset. I want the Titans to just pull some kind of magic and get Aaron Rodgers somehow. Hidden Hooker. You know – Somebody had Hidden Hooker going fifth to the Seahawks. Yeah, wasn't that Tannenbaum? Yeah, probably. But, no, see, like, if I'm the Titans, I think what I do, we're picking at 11. You trade down, go down to, like, 20 – somewhere between 20 and 25. Pick up Hooker. And then you're also going to get like a second or a third round draft. Do you pick. like Hooker more than Malik Willis? I think so. I I, I because, don't think so. I know so. I mean, because Malik Willis, like, I don't want to give up on him yet, because I was so high on him last year. But like, if you if you go into training camp with three quarterbacks, you get Hooker, Tannehill, and Willis, and you find out that Hooker's just that much better than Willis, I mean, you cut ties and say, See ya. "Thank you. We hope you find another team." And if you don't, here, come join the practice squad. 
But, um, yeah, I take Hooker. You know, make him sit behind Tannehill first half of the season, depending on how it goes. Well, he's got to get the knee healthy, too. That is true, too. Um, But I think Hooker can be one of the better quarterbacks out of this draft. I wouldn't hate the Colts getting Hooker, either. Big, big Hinton Hooker fan. I could kind of see him falling to the second round, too. Mm -hmm. Like, a, a lot of people right now have him between 20 and 30, but, I mean, if he's still in the second round at, you know, 35, I'd pick him up right away. Yep. Would not hate it. Anyways, looking ahead this week, Beach Volleyball is going to have four more matches. They're going to play JSU at 10 a.m. Friday, UAB at 2 p.m. on Friday. Uh, that is at the UAB Beach Classic down there in Birmingham. Start Saturday with an 8 a.m. match against Louisiana Monroe and wrap the weekend up with a 2 p.m. match against Mercer on Saturday. The girls are going to play midweeks as well. They're going to play a 1 p.m. match against North Alabama in Martin, Tennessee. Then they're going to play UT Martin later at 5 o'clock. That's on Tuesday. Hopefully we can push that winning streak to uh, 14 matches. Do it. That would be the record. That would that would most definitely, definitely be the record. Uh, baseball team's got another big weekend at home. Uh, like we said earlier, the series against Bellarmine has been moved to a Saturday doubleheader starting at one o'clock. Uh, next second game immediately to follow. Mm-hmm. Then Sunday, two p.m. against the Knights, right there at the Hand. Be there. Be there. Be there. It's bark at the park on Friday, Saturday. Saturday, Saturday yeah. is barking at the park. Bring the dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a blast, and. Uh, do that. Don't forget your diet, do. Don't. Actually, diet. Yellow, mellow yellow. Yes, don't forget your diet citrus-flavored soda. Softball? Softball. Um, so the Govs wrap up a extended road trip at Florida Gulf Coast. They will play a doubleheader starting at 1 p.m. on Saturday, followed by a single game at 11 a.m. on Sunday. <clears throat> it's a Florida Gulf Coast team that right now we're tied with for third in the ace on standings. I mean, we've been neck and neck all season. I mean, even looking at the preseason, Gulf Coast was picked seventh. We were picked eighth. They were literally one point above us in the preseason bowl. So I just assume that all the Florida schools are good at baseball and softball, and I feel like that's a fair assumption. I mean, you would think so. I mean, the fact that I mean, Gulf Coast is playing really well right now. They had a really tough non-conference schedule, kind of like we had in a couple of uh, tournaments. But, I mean, you go down there, you win a series against Gulf Coast and prove to 3-0 and and ace on series, uh, we'll take that. Men's golf is going to play their final event of the spring season. That's the Ernie Denham Classic, hosted by Bellarmine at the Standard Club in Louisville. It's a very fancy-sounding golf course. Very. The Standard Club. Put your pinky up, say anything like the Standard. The Standard. Club. The Standard. It's club. the Standard. We're going to play a nice golf match at the Standard Club. You peasants aren't welcome. <laughs> That's how people at the Standard Club talk, I imagine. Okay. Uh, women's golf. It's also their mat- last match match tournament of the regular season. Uh, the less fancy tournament in Kentucky, that's the Colonel Classic, uh, hosted by Eastern Kentucky, Monday and Tuesday at the University Club at Arlington in Richmond, Kentucky. Hopefully they can both put some good rounds together right before we get into the A-Sun Championship. Those would be the next week, and it will be the first A-Sun Championship. Not next week, not immediately. They've got a couple weeks in between them. Uh, the Women's A-Sun Championships in Owens Crossroads at Hampton Cove, and the men are down in Mobile. The Standard Club. Standard. Tennis. Alex. Yes, sir. Um, so men's tennis. So the men and the women are going to be playing Florida Gulf Coast and Stetson this weekend. Uh, the men will begin with an 11 a.m. match against Florida Gulf Coast and Bowling Green. That was originally scheduled to be in Clarksville, but due to rain expected all day Friday, that's going to be moved to Bowling Green. Um, Gulf Coast has a good tennis team. Right now they're 8-8, eight 3-1 eight, in conference action. That was last year's ASUN regular season champion. They also went to the ASUN tournament championship but fell to Liberty. Um, and then after that, the men will play Stetson at 11 a.m. <clears throat> on Saturday. 
That'll be senior day. Tiago's going to be recognized following that match. Uh, this, that's the Stetson team that's 0-4 in the A-Sun right now, but they've played the top three teams in the standings, counting uh, Gulf Coast twice. Um, so the men want to keep that momentum going after beating Lipscomb and uh, pick up a couple wins against those Florida schools, which are also quite good at tennis. All right. They're good at all the spring sports. They really are. Um, and then on the women's courts, uh, they will also be in Bowling Green on Friday. They will play an 8.30 a.m. match against Stetson. Gross. Very gross. Um, it's a very good Stetson team. Right now, I believe they're just outside the top 75 in the ITA rankings. Uh, they're coming off a 5-2 to two win against number 71, Florida Gulf Coast. The Hatters are 4-0 in the A-Sun, 13-4 overall. Uh, the last time we faced that team was during that really good 2019 team, or 2019 season. Undefeated. Undefeated, 22-0 yeah. in the regular season. And uh, we beat the Hatters 4-3, to three, but, you know, it's been a long time. No players on our team that were on that team are here anymore and vice versa. Um, and then after that, we will – it is uh, a 10 a.m. match against Florida Gulf Coast on Sunday for Senior Day where, where we'll recognize Yana Leader. Uh, that's a Gulf Coast team. It's the first meeting. They're a top you – know, like I said, they're a number 71 in the country. So uh, a couple of big matches and uh, – We'll see how it goes. Football spring game is April 15th, too. Oh, it is? Right here at Fraterra Stadium, 9.30 in the morning. And uh, right when that finishes up, you can just mosey on over to the hand and watch baseball play against Queens. Let's do that. Let's do it. Dr. Kristen McGregor, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Shardy Husband, Trey Price, they've got all the service opportunities for you, the student-athletes. Uh, jock and Roll is this week, and I know all of our student-athletes have been doing a whole lot for Turner's Heroes to support that cause uh, throughout the week, and all the funds of Jock and Roll go to that. So shout-out to them for doing that. That's a great thing. Always, yeah. And uh, in the meantime, go get those Girl Scout points. Go get them. A lot of people were getting them at baseball the other day. It was a double points game, mm-hmm. and uh, football showed up. That that they did. They they did that. Alex, how people follow us on social media? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P or on Facebook at Austin P Governors. And uh, shout out to Robin and Maddie for all the graphics, videos, photos, and everything they've been doing. Robert Smith, he's been at a lot of the Bree baseball. Bree and Ethan. Bree, Ethan, Carter Henry's been at a Lexi. couple softball games. Lexi. Um, squad up. It's been a whole team. Shout out to the squad. Uh, let's go be out for dates, news stories, and information. Cody Bush, Alex, Chris Austin, myself. All the information you can use uh, for everything. Ever. Yeah. Everything Anything you've you ever needed. Know. Uh, you know what else we've got there on Let'sGoopy.com? What's that? Tickets. Call ticket office at 931-221-PAY. That's 7329. Or uh, send them an email. Hey, call our new friend John Mortimer. Yeah. He'll, he's he'll doing get you tickets. hooked up. He'll get you hooked up with the tickets. Uh, we went from one two-ring John to another. I, he doesn't know this, but he'll answer on the second ring. If you call yeah. him, I guarantee it. Uh, baseball and softball single-game tickets are on sale. I'm sure you can still buy season tickets if you'd like them. Yeah. But I still save you some money yeah. if you plan on coming to watch the Govs on the Diamond this year. Uh, also... Stay frosty. Why, Alex? I think uh, football season tickets are coming soon. How soon? I'm not sure, but pretty soon. Very? Very soon. Very soon. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, directly on the website, letsgop.com, backslash podcast. Give us a rating or review on the podcast. Alex. Yeah. How many stars should they give us? Uh, I'd say five stars. Five stars. Five stars. I want to suggest a guest who has no local on-campus event we should shout out. Uh, Tell us which baseball team you're rooting for on opening day this weekend. Alex. Go Mariners. Go Mariners and go Reds, I guess. Tweet us. (laughs) I'm C underscore Craig 19. He's Alex Howard underscore PSU. Shout out to Jason McDonald. Shout out to Bud Jenkins. And shout out to Arson, Judge of the Yankees and or Giants. We'll talk to you next week. So long, everybody.